With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Time for another Parenting Your Challenging Child radio program. I'm delighted that you are joining in with us today, either live or uh, by listening to us through the Listening Library on the, in the archives on the, listening li- uh, on the Lives in the Balance website. Um, today's a parents' panel day, which is... Um, as cool as it gets. And our parents panel is all ready to get going here, so I'm going to bring Susie and Anna on the air with us. How are you both today? Good, thank you. How are you? I am well. I'm good, too. Hi, Anna. Hi, Susie. So, um, you know, uh, my job on this program, of course, is to basically just kind of get out of the way, but I should tell you both that we have two callers already. And so I know that we had some plans for today's program, but what do you both think about us taking a few calls here in the beginning? Good idea? Callers always come first. That's what I was about to say. Couldn't have said it better myself. Shows that uh, well, we're thinking alike here. Let's go to area code six two zero, and um, you're on the air with the parents panel. How are you today? Just fine, thank you. I'm glad you called. You called in today. Um, what's on your mind? I just wanted to give an update, a positive one. Um, I have a child, a ten-and-a-half-year-old son that um, I've called in several other times about, quite explosive, and we've been now for about a year um, following your method and um, with some success sometimes and other times uh, we're, well, we still have several uh, unsolved problems that we're chipping away at, but um, most recently, um, and I'd, I'd love the parents panel uh, feedback a little bit on on how we've handled this. Most recently, I've come to kind of simplify the situation with him when um, I know that we are headed towards an emergent sort of uh, attempt to keep him calm. Rather, let me give you the most recent example. We had a, a concert to attend as a family. And... Um, my son, um, a lot of times, uh, doesn't enjoy going to public events where there's a large audience and you, you sit in a theater for a long period of time. Um, and so we had one of these coming up, and um, instead of me uh, just kind of saying, 
well, we're going to do this, or even saying, oh, let's sit down and have a, a plan B and make this happen. I just looked him in his eyes and said, is this something that you can be flexible about? And he looked at me and said, Mom, I would let you know, but I really can't on this. And I took my cue from that, and we worked up some solutions for alternate plans that he could make, and he called up and had a play date at a friend's house instead of going to the concert. Um, and ever since that worked, I've been, when, when he reaches a point where it seems like he's going to go into an explosive situation, I just looked at him. I keep looking at him and saying, can you be flexible on this? And a handful of times he's looked back and said, yeah, I think I can. Can we talk about it? And then Good for we, you. Holy mackerel. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, just the fact that he's willing to go into a conversation sometimes and is honest enough to say at other times, no, Mom, I can't be flexible on this. So that's my update. What do you think, Susie and Anna? Anna, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask if I can go first on this time because Great. I found a similar situation with my son, where the more and it's in it's right in the book right inflexible plus inflexible equals kaboom but the alternative or the opposite is flex when you're flexible it, it provides them a form for being more flexible too and when they can't when you remember really underneath it all they want to please you and it, and when you create an environment for them to do that. Then, then you're going to find that they're, there's, they just work harder, not work harder. When you're working harder because you're being more flexible, it allows them to, it makes it safe space for them. So he can say, no, I can't be, and you're, knowing you're going to be okay about that, I think, uh, or he can say, maybe I can do this instead of that, or that you're willing to listen. It sounds like you've created that. You've created a platform where you're going to listen to him, and then it just eases the stress of everything. And I found yeah. a similar situation with my son, and, and good for you. Thank That's you. All. It seems like it's opened up a, a new level of trust from him. Exactly, and that's what I found too. Yep, yep. It just gets better and better and better. Susie, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that you are doing a great job at parenting and, um, you know, going with the idea that being responsive to the hand you've been dealt, um, you're, you're really needing that. Um, as Anna was saying about, um, you know, showing the skills of being flexible, yes, they they do learn from if the parent is able to model the behavior. Um, but it brings me to a point that Plan B also, at least for me, it helped me learn the skills that I was lagging behind in so that I did learn to model flexibility and frustration tolerance better and be the kind of parent I wanted to be. Um, my my only concern was it seems that there are still some situations that pop up um, that may lead to an explosive situation. And 
I would just maybe suggest if you could maybe keep track of those for a week and maybe prioritize your two or three most important ones and and work on those for now. Um, you just that that was very helpful. Um, you you just want to be aware of the hibernating problems because when they rear their ugly heads, um, it can get messy. Yeah, yeah, and I've communicated with um, through this this show, and uh-huh. um, I've communicated several times that the the biggest unsolved problem is when he doesn't get his way in whichever way that happens. And so, yeah, my husband and I are are continuing to uh, whittle down to what the lagging skill is and what the what the specific unsolved problem is. And we have we have um, a, a couple of continuous Plan Bs in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, we so these these explosions continue to pop up. Yes. And so we've not we have not reached a point where we've um gotten uh past past that unresolved problem yet, but I am certainly uh, seeing some some results. Progress. Um, right. Yeah, some progress um and, and not that it's always 100%, but um I it feels like Oh, it feels like a relief to know that um, that honest communication, and it's getting better. Getting better, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also started working with um, a one-on-one teacher at his school, an autism specialist that um, has is meeting with him uh, the beginning of his every day. And he's really uh, between the communication that's going on there and the, and. Just in a new level of trust that's going on at home, I think big things are about to happen. So we're keeping on with that's the uh, continuous Plan B, that's but it's, uh, it's, it's been a, a, a long time coming, and I know that it's a long road down, you know, down ahead of us. But I'm sure glad that I have this outlet to just share my little triumphs. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's that's why we're here. Um, and, and the other thing I just wanted to compliment you on was good for you for being flexible about the concert and just realizing that, you know, your family is different and it's going to look different and you don't get everybody to go and um, attend something that you would hope to. It just, um, you realize what's really important and and uh, maybe let the other things slide because you're working on the really important things. Yeah. He was so articulate when I asked him why. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, it was all sensory things. I don't like it when there's people in front of me, around me, and behind me. I don't like the level of applause. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the music in these concerts is too loud. And it's a mm-hmm. classical music concert. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, a lot of times even the percussion section is too loud. And, um, and the amount of darkness or the amount of spotlights or whatever, he listed out several. And it, it made perfect sense because it was all sensory stuff. Right. It's and all legitimate concerns. Legitimate concerns. And you know, and so um, I was able to to really kind of say, okay, got it. 
you're you know noted and you've been heard. Now let's find something else to do. So yeah, perfect. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. You rock. You, you know, <laughs> it's pretty it's it's pretty amazing when you've made enough progress to be able to look at your son in an inst in a in a situation in which a year ago he might have lost it completely and be able to ask him um is this one on which you could be flexible and also pretty amazing that that mere question doesn't send him over the edge so there's some amazing things happening um that are a reflection of the hard work you have all put in already the only thing I would add to the discussion, and you know me, I'm a broken record on being proactive, yes. is after something like this, crucial to also say to yourself, you and your husband, um, was this one more pre- was this one predictable, or was there new information that we just got from this one that sort of surprised us? And I think what you would have said after this one, given what I've heard you saying, is that this one probably wasn't surprising in terms of what was bothering your son. Maybe a little surprising in terms of these specific circumstances, although maybe not there. And then that all gets added into your um, let's anticipate these as well as possible repertoire so that you are anticipating better and better and better. Because the last thing you want to do is um, uh, deal with it primarily in the heat of the moment, which you're not doing. This was a heat of the moment example. But all I'm encouraging people to do is after one that felt like a surprise or one that we didn't plan for in advance, saying to ourselves, all right, is this new information or is this one that um, we probably could have seen coming? The more proactive you can be, the less often you'll find yourself in the heat of the moment. Right. No, that's that's great. That's a great reminder. And that we this was not a surprise to us. Um, I've forced him <laughs> uh, earlier this year to go attend a musical um, with the family. And he and I spent an hour and a half in a proactive plan B to set it up. And uh, and he he came. We had several um, solutions in place to help him be able to deal with it. One was that we I promised that we would leave at intermission. <laughs> and he went and he sat through through intermission and we left. And, um, and he did well. But ever since, I've, I've just kind of thought, oh, these things are really affecting him somehow. And so that's how this whole conversation came up most recently. And on the heels of this, um, his, his uh, gifted classroom is getting ready to attend a professional musical about two hours away as a class field trip. And I wrote to his teacher and gave her the heads up that we're going to have to do a proactive plan B in order to... Uh, help him be able to handle such a field trip. Um, and she actually, um, after having had a conference with me about it, got not only lost at school but also the explosive child. And we've had several conversations since. And um, he has so many concerns about attending this trip, not only because of the two-hour bus ride, but also going to a musical that might be too loud and too applaudy and too this and too that. 
um, that his gifted teacher has offered as part of a solution if he chooses to say no to this trip that he and she and the other teacher can uh, work together to develop a field trip idea that he instigates, that he feels like would be a really great opportunity for him and his friends. So that's about as flexible as a teacher can be, and I'm excited about that because it gives him an outlet to be involved with the planning for a trip that he's looking forward to. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what? I think to acknowledge, uh, I, I made a note here as you were talking when you were saying about sensory issues, and certainly that's a thing that we face here too. And to acknowledge the level of torture that they're in when they're exposed to things that they're sensitive to, and how much effort they are putting out to like to stay through intermission. Like how much work, that's like a marathon. Yeah. And so like a field trip to me, our school has this thing where they take the kids to the symphony every year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my boys aren't, I make, they go the first year. And after that, I actually told the principal I thought it was child abuse. And I <coughs> took my son to the outdoor rink and we played hockey all day. Like once they go once, if I don't know, if a field trip is meant to be educational and fun, but if it's no fun, it's neither educational. Right. So an alternative is really, let's do something fun. And my husband and I are both classical musicians, and this is a child that grew up going to rehearsals and concerts and event after event after event, and it wasn't until last year when those, you know, those kabooms really started to get uh, get excessive that mm-hmm. we realize that this is not something that he can sit through and enjoy like we were just assuming he could. Yeah. And so yeah. it's been a, a lifetime for him of these of yep. these torture sort of events and it wasn't until last year that it escalated to a point where he just couldn't handle it anymore. And uh so bless his heart, you know, he he grew up doing this and it has bothered him all along and he just started showing us um, how much in very uh, frustrating ways. But now now we know. You know, we didn't know what we didn't know, and now we know. And, and, understand. Uh, and we understand. Yeah. And we are letting him know that it's okay for him to tell us honestly when he's not able to do it. So, But on the flip side, he's in band at school and is very excited about it. And, and here's the kicker. He, he's in the percussion section in those loud instruments. He wears um, earplugs uh-huh. to be able to handle all the noise around him in the percussion section. But he's really excited about learning instruments, and so it'll be interesting once he, once he gets into performance situations. He, he, he loves that part of it. He loves being on stage and loves performing. He just doesn't like to be in the audience surrounded by applause that yep. he can't control. Yep. You know, same with mine. My, my sensitive to sound guy has just started music lessons too, and is, it's a dichotomy, but it's yep. about doing rather than watching, right? Right, right. So anyway, thank you for the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to, to uh, say my piece and... Thank you. Write for your down feedback. those milestones. Write them down somewhere. Get a journal. Go to the dollar store. Get a journal and write them down, because uh, on a bad day, 
You need to hold on to those milestones, and his milestones aren't other people's milestones, but they need to be celebrated. Right. And today, celebrate something. Buy yourself a brownie or something because today's (laughs) a good day for you. Yeah, oh, I've I've given myself the morning off, so this is good my for good you. <laughs> good for you. So thank I'm you very a much. Hug. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Green. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Bye. You know, it's interesting, parents panel. We all um, have we adults who end up having kids. Sort of sometimes have a vision for what the kid's going to like and what the kid's going to be like. And um, you know, I uh, if, if you if you got two parents who are classical musicians, hard to imagine that you're not thinking before the kid comes into the world that he's going to like classical music and you're gonna mm-hmm. show him the ropes. I know that I, you know, um, the, uh, parents who are very into sports are thinking, you know, their kid's gonna be a sports kid because um, they're sports people. I know I'm a hiker and thought that my kids would just be all over hiking. And sometimes it just doesn't turn out that way, and you've got to be responsive to the hand you've been dealt. Shall we take our other caller? Absolutely. Let's do right it. Right on. Area code 972, you're on with the parents panel. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's on your mind? Well, hearing that prior call is very helpful because we are new to the whole plan B process and the collaborative problem solving. And we're kind of on the front end in that our son, who is eight years old, his challenging behavior is getting worse faster than we're able to gain traction implementing plan B. And so just hearing that prior caller with kind of tenacity there is hope. And after reading your book, Dr. Green, I know it's, it's not productive to focus on behavior as much as it is more important to focus on the lagging skills and the unsolved problems. But just this past weekend, we had an explosion that scared us. And if I may, I just wanted to ask some questions about that explosion and whether it's typical of explosions that children have or if it's more indicative of the severity that our child may be experiencing. Definitely go ahead. The only caveat is that, um, as you'd imagine, it's a little hard not having met your son, for uh, explicit guidance to be provided on this program, um, and a little hard not doing a comprehensive evaluation to give you an especially um, incisive viewpoint on what's going on with your son. But with that, with those caveats in mind, we can give it a whirl if you want. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I guess fundamentally, when a child is in an explosion, is it common for them to appear completely di- to be a completely different person than they normally are? 
for example, a boy that generally is very happy, very eager to please, but then during the explosion, he's like at the complete extreme where there's extreme anger and almost a sense of deep depression. And, you know, when he's not in an explosive period, he's loving life. But then in an explosion, and this happened this weekend, and it's the only time we saw it or heard it, you know, a dire sense of life is not worth living and going so far as to expressing a desire to die. That shocked us and, quite frankly, scared us. And so calling in to get some feedback. It is not unusual for a child who is very loving outside the context of an explosion to become quite the opposite in the midst of an explosion. Um, I've often thought of explosions as somewhat of an altered state, and I would say that about a lot of people. Um, Some famous philosopher, I think it was Aristotle, said that anger is a temporary insanity. Um, So that's not a terrible way to view it. Um, That said, some kids do things that are Mm. very unsafe in the midst of a challenging episode and say things that suggest that they are um, in an unsafe mode in the midst of a challenging episode. And those are the kids, of course, who we have to be most concerned about, Um, not most concerned just because it's looking bad, but most concerned because of all the things we don't want to have happen, is for the child to hurt somebody or themselves. So the first thing I would recommend is that um, if this is something that concerns you, and it should, and especially if it's something that is being said outside the context of an explosion, But even if it's not, you probably do want to take your son to see somebody who can evaluate him for just the degree to which he is a threat to himself or others, even when he's not upset. Um, But there are many kids who, once they are upset, that's when the hurting happens. And so um, that's something you probably want to have something take a look at someone take a look at um, and get a more comprehensive evaluation done. Um, I'm always most vigilant. I'm always vigilant, but I'm most vigilant when a child is saying things that are threats of harm to self or harm to others in the context of a challenging episode because we don't want anybody to get hurt. I am even more vigilant when those things are being said outside the context of a challenging episode. Both of those um, say to me, especially with a child who I'm not going to be able to help from a distance like yours, um, probably a good idea to find somebody local who can take a good look, do a more comprehensive evaluation than what we can do on this program, just to make sure that you've got safety and that you've got some sense of assurance on that end. What do you think? Completely agree. And, in fact, we're in the process 
of identifying such a person. What, what we would ideally like to find someone like you that's local and any recommendations on how to find somebody that subscribes to your method, the collaborative problem-solving? There's a bunch of, and, and I'm, I'm, believe it or not, now calling the model collaborative and proactive solutions. I know that it says collaborative problem-solving in the explosive child, but we've renamed it for various reasons. But um, if you go to the Lives in the Balance website and click on the contact form, and I'll get the message, so send us, an, send us a message. We will see if there's anybody in your area. Don't tell us over the phone, though, because we like to keep that confidential. Um, but if you let me know where you are, um, uh, there's a list of certified providers on the CPS Connection website, which is cpsconnection.com. My recollection is that there's nobody in your neck of the woods. I looked up your area code, so I have a rough idea of where you're located. Don't think we have anybody in your neck of the woods at the moment who's on that page of the CPS Connection website, but that doesn't mean I won't know somebody in your area anyways. So that would be a fine thing to do, and we'll try to get back to you as quickly as we can with a name if we have one. Appreciate that, because we did check the, your site, and also we did not find somebody. And so, I'm sorry, the best way to, what's the best way to email you to send you there's that? A, there's a there's a contact form on both websites, and it'll okay. it'll get to me. Um, so if you just go to either website, livesinthebalance.org or cpsconnection.com, go to the contact form. I'll get it, and we'll okay. see if I know somebody in your specific area. Very good. I will do that. Good deal. Now, the only other advice I would have is um, what you just described is very scary. And no one wants to see their kid in that state. You do want to get them evaluated just to make sure that you're comfortable on the safety end. But then you mentioned that you are just getting going here. Um, get going on the rest, too, which is let's make a list of unsolved problems. Let's, make a, let's figure out what skills your son is lacking so that we can be as proactive as possible and see if we can head some of these bad episodes off at the pass so that hopefully six to 12 months from now, you, like our first caller, might be calling in and saying, remember me, it was really bad six to 12 months ago, but let me tell you where we are now. Yes, and, and, and we have developed kind of those lists of unsolved problems and lagging skills. Our current challenge is getting our son to sit with us to begin implementing the steps and to get his engagement. So any advice from the panel, including you, Dr. Green, on how best to get them engaged? How to engage your son in the discussions. Yes. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the panel first crack at this, except um, the only piece of advice I'm gonna throw into the hopper is that if you're not doing it proactively, if the discussions aren't taking place proactively, then you're adding heat and rush to the mix, and those tend to be conversation stoppers. Um, so the, the whole purpose of the list is to set the stage for proactive plan B. That's 
that's your best friend when it comes to trying to engage kids in the discussion. But let me throw it to the parents panel for the rest and see if they want to weigh in here as well. Can I just and can caller, I just throw I'm in gonna, Sure. I just throw in one element. I, ironically, so far, in terms of the empathy step, we we've had the best success after an explosion when our son has kind of returned to his regular personality. And so I just kind of throw that out because we try to be proactive and we don't get it with much success. Do you want to go first this time, Susie? And and what I'm going to do, caller, because we're getting a little feedback on your line, is I'm going to mute you while the while Susie and Anna are talking, but then we'll bring you on again after they're through. Sound okay? Very good. Thank you. Yep, I'm just going to mute you. Go ahead, panel. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that helped tremendously with our explosive child was to make an appointment to talk with him in a calm moment. That just Um, worked wonders and in the beginning my son too was not receptive to talking so we had several discussions talking about why he doesn't want to talk and that sort of opened the door and then I slid in the uh, unsolved problem the other thing is um, not having enough information, um, you know, I'm wondering if uh, their child is used to just having Plan A, uh, adult-imposed will, um, thrown at him. And so it might take a while for him to learn to participate in Plan B discussions. But if you take time and um, persist, it it will pay off. Um, and and in the end, it, it saves time because explosions and meltdowns take so much longer. Anna, did you have anything to add? Uh, you know what? It wasn't that long ago I was in a similar, you know, I was just starting out with my guy. Mm-hmm. And... There is a time, because my guy too, it was hard to find a time when it would be a good time to talk about things. And so figuring out, he wants to be with you, right? He wants to, so like my guy, he wanted me to sit with him at certain times. So I would use that to start just even empathy stepping and empathy stepping and empathy stepping. And then the other thing I did was I actually chose a really inconsequential unsolved problem that uh, really didn't matter how it, the outcome came. It was not saying hi to a certain people on the way to school, a group of teachers waiting for the bus. They mm-hmm. would take a morning and he would just walk by and he wouldn't look at them. And I know at other times of the day, he would talk at recess, he would see them. So I knew he was talking to these teachers, but in the morning on the way to school, he wouldn't want to talk to them. So that is what I chose to practice plan B because mm-hmm. it didn't matter. I don't I didn't care if he said hi to them and but plan B does take practice and trust. 
So the, the trust we built of my listening to his solutions to that was what opened the doors to make other plan Bs more successful. And so like a date, make a date with your son, um, explain even the process. He's eight, so maybe explain. Maybe let's do a plan B and what a plan B is. And, and then maybe he wants to even pick a, a problem. Like he's a bit older, so maybe you know, he could pick a problem. I don't know if that's uh, what people do or not, but that would be my – it takes practice. And like you said, make an appointment. Or just – we called it mom and, and kids day out. Right, like mom and mom's girls' night out. It was kind of mom and son's night out, and we would just go to the bakery and buy a brownie, or go to the ice cream store and buy an ice cream, and just have a conversation. Okay. Caller, um, what do you think? Any any of those nuggets helpful at all? You know, there's something um, lingering in my mind, and that is that you said that you seem to be having more success emergently right now than proactively. I guess my question is, um, have you, has, has proactive plan B something, been something you've already tried? We, we've tried it, uh, but we don't get very far in terms of keeping his attention. Got it. So all and, the more reason, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I completely agree with the parents that it takes, I mean, we're the ones that are probably struggling with it more than our son because we need to practice to be able to ask the right questions and approach it, you know, so that it becomes more engaging. Well, and the only thing I would say is, You've said a few things about your son that make me feel even more strongly about the need to get him a more comprehensive evaluation, um, something, as you'd imagine, impossible to do on this program. Um, because you're saying some things about his ability to engage in Plan B um, that could be concerning. How how old is he? We, I'm not sure that you gave us that information. He's eight. eight and a half. Got it. So sorry, I missed that. Um, good reason to find out. Are there attention span issues that are getting in the way of him participating? Are there language processing difficulties that are getting in the way of him participating? Um, yes, there's a learning curve for the adults in terms of. Um, getting good at this, but we want to make sure that we're not neglecting taking a look at whether there's anything going on with your son that's making it hard for him to participate as well. Um, so you've convinced me, both on the safety end and on the participating in Plan B end, that it sure would be nice to get this looked at much more closely. Um, I think that's probably the best we can do on, in this format. Um, given what we know about him, but I hope it was helpful anyways. I appreciate it, and I will follow up with the contact to you uh, to find the appropriate 
person if you have ideas locally for us. Thank you. Depends on where you are in the state that I know you're in, but if you get us a message, we'll get back to you quickly. All right. Thank you very much to all of you. Uh, take you care. Good luck. Thanks. Well, parents panel, Anna and Susie, um, only about five minutes left in the program. You both, and I think we may not, we'll, we'll save what we were planning for today till the next time, but um, your thoughts, both of you have been through the beginning. This dad is at the very beginning. Um, any thoughts to share, not, not just about doing Plan B with his son, but with your own sons and daughter perhaps, where you were at in the beginning, because there's so much to learn, and you're overwhelmed by the behavior and concerned about and scared sometimes by the behavior. How do you get some traction on this? How did you all get over the hump? Anna, do you want to go? I'll just shortly say, because I actually wrote this in my notes too, that it wasn't just changing the lenses for me. It was LASIK eye surgery. Like <laughs> It was like I was looking in the dead of night at my son, and then the clouds parted and the sun shined on him. Like That's how drastic. Real, like I, I spent a long time feeling like it was me against him or him against me. Like it was a constant, constant battle. And then it was like, no, he is trying his hardest to make you happy and you're not seeing it. <laughs> so that for me in the beginning was enough to carry me through till I, I got the skills of the plan B. And, and I thought I was a, dip, a, a democratic parent, but looking back, I was not. That's all I'll say. Go ahead, Susie. Um, right. I just wanted to emphasize one of your points that, you know, it's not the child's idea of having a good time. Um, so they want to do well, too. Um, yes, besides changing your lenses and following the philosophy of uh, Plan B, I compared myself to a racehorse and I just put blinders on so that I I was just focused on our child and the rest of our family and um and I was feeling overwhelmed so that I decided that I would just have to triage what and prioritize what was really the most important things that we needed to work on and um, realizing too that it wasn't just one person's problem that it was a family problem um, I think one of the things that I love about the model is it depathologizes the child and um, that was also very helpful to me so just a little bit me pushing on this. I'm imagining that you both had scary moments in your household. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, no scary moment is identical, so we can't compare your scary moments to this dad's scary moments. Um, he does need to get his son 
evaluated so that he can be looking at things that might be getting in his son's way and making sure that um, somebody with, with experience is um, making sure on the safety end. We only have about a minute left, but, but in terms of the scary part, how do you deal with that? Support from mm-hmm. my friends and neighbors. Oh, go ahead, Anna. I just I have a really strong uh, support group of parents, and that I and my partner. So that uh, that would be my answer to that. Susie, um, I don't know if this helps or not, but uh, my son's violent and explosive behavior tapped into some of my past history and learning to um, deal with that and recognizing that, um, you know, it, it, it was sort of a knee-jerk reaction when he exploded. I would, I would sort of uh, switch back to when I was a little kid. And so I learned very slowly that um, I wasn't a little girl anymore. And he's, he's just making, he's barking. He's just making noise and... Uh, I guess, facing up to my fears. Not an easy thing to do. But on that note, we're going to call it a day. Thank you both, as always. I am so enjoying these programs these days, and I look forward to doing it again next month with both of you. Thank Thank you. you. And I'll be back next week with another edition of Parenting the Challenging Child. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.